Welcome to Wasted Local Talent. What's going on, everybody? I'm Daniel. I'm Josiah. And today we're wasting our talent with... Hey, guys. I'm Cypherix. So, Cypherix, like I said a little bit ago before we started, um, I didn't know how to pronounce the name until you said it. And I, was, I don't want to say how I thought it, how I thought it was because it was way off. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> how did you think it went? How do you think it sounded? Uh... I I kind of I used it as like a the p the first p is like an f okay like a cypherix or cypherix okay. like yeah. a yeah I don't know it was weird <laughs> <laughs> so tell I, us tell us a little bit about yourself so uh, I grew up and I was actually I'm actually West Virginia native uh, born in West Virginia. Um, I, I live right now in Bridgeport, but I grew up in uh, Dodgers County. If you guys know where that's at, yeah. Um, I, I went. I went there. I, I mean, I grew up there mostly. Uh, I went to, of course, the middle school, the high school. No, I went to the middle school, um, and then I went to Bridgeport High School when I graduated, 2016, um, Bridgeport High School, and I am currently still in Fairmont State right now. Oh, nice. So, given Corona, I don't know if I'm going to go back next semester, but that's beside the point. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll try to, all this craziness. We'll try to keep the coronavirus talk to a minimum because the last two that we've this is only the third interview that we've done since all this crap hit, and that's like the mm-hmm. majority of our conversations is about it. And honestly, gotcha. it's so I'm just over it. So let's just not <laughs> even talk about it. That's the only we're going to mention coronavirus today. Yeah. That's it. So if you're tuning in to hear some coronavirus updates, sorry, <laughs> you're not going to get them here. <laughs> A fellow Bridgeport graduate, though, that's kind of cool. Although I graduated long before you, and I feel old. <laughs> what year did you graduate? Two thousand eight. Oh, okay. Man, my uh, my mom used to teach at Bridgeport. Um, I thought you were gonna say my mom graduated. In no, 2000. my mom. No, no. <laughs> my mom taught at Bridgeport at, uh, in in Bridgeport. I, she left in two thousand fifteen. I want to say two thousand fifteen. Sounds about right. Um, she's been teaching there, dude, since 20, oh boy, 2020, 2008, I think. You might know her, Mrs. Davis, your teacher. Uh, I know that name. I'm terrible with memory. That's all right. I do know that name. That's all right. So tell us, um, tell us about what you do, um, behind the persona. Yeah. So, um, I, I've been I've been a huge fan of electronic music for a while. Um, honestly, since about maybe sixth grade. No, maybe sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade in middle school sounds about right. Um, I I like to create electronic music. I've been I I kind of have dabbled in it for a while since, like I said, sixth grade of middle school. But the the biggest thing um, that I really really uh, got me into it was are, are we going are we going into origin stories? Is this origin story time? I mean, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, go for it. All right. So, yeah. So, so, uh, the craziest thing with it was I've always, I'm kind of a huge nerd. 
uh, computer nerd. I, 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 especially comics and other stuff too. Like I just, I just like that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Video games and all kinds of stuff like that. So, um, the biggest thing that, that got me into this, I want to say was when I was, I was in seventh grade, I want to say about 2000, 2010, um, that movie Tron Legacy came out. And I don't know if you guys saw it. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, looking back at it now, I mean, it was the, the plot was pretty bad. But but try telling like try telling like 11 year old me that, you know, what I mean, yeah. So <laughs> I just was blown away by the CGI and and I was going into it because, like I said, computer nerd. And I thought, oh, boy, you know, CGI world inside of a computer. Right. But the CGI didn't stick out to me. What stuck out to me was the score. And I I hated like orchestral music. Like I really wasn't big in orchestral stuff at the time. I was real big into like alternative music and metal and things like that. You know, green day, Nirvana, a lot of that old stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I was really, really big into. And some classic rock too, whenever dad and I work in the work in the garage and stuff. But, uh, um, biggest thing that got me was that score. And so I went home and I researched like who the heck made this score. And when I looked it up, I, I well, actually, no, when those credits were rolling, I saw the name Daft Punk. And I'm like, who the heck calls themselves that? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Like, this dude is so full of himself. He goes and calls himself that. Right. So I came home and I looked up Daft Punk and I come to find out that it's two dudes from France. Um, and I go and I download their discography to kind of listen to their just kind of get an idea of like who they are and i'm like well geez they got disco over here they got some like rock stuff over here they got some you know they're kind of all over the place with their music style which I that's pretty cool and i really really dug the mass that they wore um but like I, i'm not like trying to like rip into that i just I, I'll, I'll get into that how i got into the whole robot persona later mm-hmm. but um uh i really dug that music because you have in this like video game sounding music mixed with this like orchestral thing i was like what the heck is this you know i've never heard this before mm-hmm. i've heard like some synthesizers and some of the like classic rock music that my dad and i will listen to sometimes but like not not to this extent you know not not a whole score basically done with synthesizers you know yeah so uh um i downloaded the whole discography onto my mp3 player i didn't i, I unfortunately i was not rich enough at the time to have an iPod. It was like a 256 <laughs> megabyte like USB stick that played music. It was it was dollar store level stuff. But I mean, man, it, it did pretty well. You know, I managed to pack the entire Daft Punk discography on it there and uh, and full and full. I had to delete every other song off of it. But anyway, I had that whole discography on loop. Uh, family, we were going on a vacation. Every, my family and our extended family on my dad's side was going on the beach. Usually, we would go to the beach to celebrate. Uh, the graduation of, of, a, of a family member. I forget whose it was at this time. Um, I want to say it was my one cousin's. Uh, forget forget what year. Uh, I think it was maybe him, Wiley, I think. Anyway, um, so I was listening to music on there, and I had my laptop open, and my one cousin's at the time boyfriend uh, told me, told me he was like dude like how do you know who daft punk is and i'm like well i was like a huge fan of like the work they did there and he was like showing me all these other artists and things like that like this dude like just whipped open his macbook man and he had just like all this like music from like all this electronic music that he had on his itunes but the one artist that really really stuck out to me um the most 
and you, I mean, I don't know if you can I actually just, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I did not plan this, but, uh, for guys, <laughs> dead you can, I, I, yeah, yeah, I, I didn't even plan that. That's funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it was dead mouse. And I imagined myself, if I were to make this kind of music, like what it would sound like when I listened to dead mouse's work, I was like, dang, that's like pretty dang close to like what's running around in my head, you know? So that kind of sparked my interest and downloaded some programs and stuff onto my really, really crappy Dell Inspiron netbook thing that ran <laughs> Vista. And it was a god-awful piece of garbage that I still keep in a box for relic's sake. If it wasn't if it wasn't for nostalgia, that thing would be in a dumpster. But <laughs> poor, poor laptop, overheated all the time, blue screens to death. It was horrible. Anyway, um, made some like really basic music with it. Like The best way I can explain what my music sounded like and I was limited by the hardware of this laptop more or less than anything, because it was like an Intel Atom. It had like one gig of RAM in it and hardly any hard drive space. It was a horrible laptop. Now I look back at it. Anyway, um, best way I can explain it was uh, it was like chiptune music, I guess. You know, like the yeah. like the original NES kind of music is what I could make, right? Because I was limited by this laptop. Um, but eventually, uh, I upgraded, got an actual MacBook. Um, but, but my, back to the original thing there, my science teacher noticed me always playing with my netbook. I was that weird kooky kid who brought my laptop with me. I kept it in my backpack, but like, dude, the teachers didn't say anything. You got your stuff done. I mean, what were you going to do? You know? Yeah. So I kept that laptop with me and, and I opened it up and was playing with my little chip tunes I would make. Right. And my science teacher noticed that I kept uh, playing with music stuff. She was like. Of all things, I expect you to be like playing games on your computer, but like you're like writing music, like video game music. And I'm just like socially awkward little me's over here sitting just kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, I just like doing what I like to do. Right. So she goes and she asks me, she's like, Well, do you know anything about DJing? And I'm like, What's that? And she's like, Well, our, our, uh, the middle school that I was at, they would put on, uh, socials like one every, it was like a Friday, every like third Friday of the month or so. And they put it on to help benefit different, uh, like the cheerleaders, the football team. Yeah. Bunch of different, things, you know, it's a social, social, uh, event to kind of help raise funds. So, uh, she asked me, she's like, would you be willing to like maybe play some music for some of these events? Not, not yours, of course. And she's like, sadly, she's like, sadly, not yours, but she's like, just kind of some music that, that the kids and stuff, because they get a little bit tired of the fact that we throw in like a, 12 track mixtape that we threw together off the internet and put it on loop the entire time there. It's annoyed. And I'm like, I did too. Cause I went to these sometimes. So I was like, heck yeah, that's what I'll do. Right. So I had a massive library of music and stuff and first ever DJ gig, right. Opened it up, whipped open my little crappy netbook and opened up windows media player and made like a windows media player playlist and i mean i thought i was like the coolest guy in the world right and of course everyone was having fun but i mean that's kind of what got me into that right so i kind of started writing music first and then kind of got the djing part later and it wasn't until about eighth grade that my mom got me uh my first i still have them i don't play them anymore but i still have them uh she got me my first set of turntables mm -hmm. um like digital digital controllers like it was a new mark mix track pro uh it ran all my dj friends are gonna listen to this later are gonna go and hate me for this but uh <laughs> it ran virtual dj god awful software looking back at it now but but it was pretty awesome for what it was right and uh 
and I got and she got me a well she she half bought it like I I bought one half because I had to work for it uh, a lot of lawns and and yards were weeded and mowed for that <laughs> um, anyway uh, it was like a 2006 MacBook right like those those white plastic ones you know yeah um, it was a huge upgrade compared to what I had last time. Um, and, and what was funny was it came preloaded with this program on it that I never heard of at the time called Logic Pro 9. Never heard of it. I just actually, no, I'm sorry. GarageBand was was there, but it, but it had Logic Pro 9 installed. I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So I used GarageBand to kind of put these arrangements there. And I'm like, holy crap, this computer can actually handle what I'm trying to do with it. You know, yeah. so uh, uh, then I went to Logic and, and then one Christmas Mom surprised me with like a 2011. Every MacBook that I've had is used, but uh, uh, the laptop that she surprised me with was a 2011 uh, MacBook, and uh, it actually this is it was this MacBook that came with Logic Nine on it actually, um, and eventually what she did was she actually she loaded it with, uh, with Logic Ten for me. Like she bought me Logic Ten, yeah, which I thought was really cool. I've had I've just used Logic ever since, and I've made all kinds of productions with Logic Ten and kind of just been doing that ever since and i didn't i didn't i didn't take on the cypheric persona a lot of people ask me like man you've been making music for a while like how long you've been cypheric i'm like since 2018 i just didn't have a name for it until for a while because like i didn't start to like seriously want to make music until like 2016 mm-hmm. um I, I played with it off and on i would make these different things i had some friends and stuff that would have me make them little ringtones for their phones and things like that you know it was it was kind of cool but like and i do like little remixes and things like that little mashups and stuff i'd make for my own use for whenever the schools had me play different events and stuff i dj at other schools proms and homecomings and stuff when i was still in high school so it was kind of fun my, my senior my senior uh, prom i ditched my own senior prom to go dj at other schools prom just <laughs> <laughs> fun but so, that's kind of that's kind of how it was so do you, do you still use like the things that you were writing while you were in high school in your music now? Like, do you ever revisit those and try to add them to your music now? Um, I have a server that I need to fire up and dig out a bunch of these projects. I have a lot of my I, I think every music artist friend of mine will agree with me when I say this. A lot of us just have a hard time staying on the same project. We keep wanting to start new projects. Yeah. I, like, I, don't, I have a hard time finishing the old project, and then I want to go to move to a new one. So that's my problem. I think that's with, like, every – like, at least me, because I'm a musician as well. Like, I'll be working on a song, and then I'll do something on guitar or, like I, – like, I use Logic as well. So I've got all these plugins and stuff for it, like um, Omnisphere and all that kind of stuff. So I'll be writing something for it, and – then I'll be like, man, that sounds really cool, but not for this song. Let's put it in another project, and then I'll start writing another song. And I'll forget about that one, and then it just keeps, like, snowballing into about 40 songs that aren't even done. They're just, like, a quarter of the way done, and then you just don't have any full song. <laughs> so I definitely know what you're talking about. I got, like, a folder that's, like, I have a folder <clears> that's, like, full of, like, one minute to two minute, like just loops, like sent like snippets. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, I have not deleted a single one of my projects in the hopes that, like you said, one day I would go back and I would maybe open these up and, and open them. But I still have every single project file I've ever made on GarageBand and logic nine. I still have them and I'm not ever getting rid of them. Yeah. I back them up like three <laughs> times over. So I'm telling you one day I'm going to go back and I'm going to revisit these. I'm like, 
huh, that weird little chord progression I made like four years ago. Let's see how it goes into this, you know? Yeah. Most of the time it does. It's kind of crazy. So tell us about like this, the, the persona, like, um, cause you, you do wear like a, it's not like a mask. Is it like a full, like, head? Oh, dude, it's a full blown, a full blown led sphere. Right. Uh, funny story about how that is. Um, so, so how, how I adopted the whole Cypherix persona was the winter of 2018. Uh, it was finals week and, uh, my one professor, I'm a, by the way, I'm a, I'm a business. I was a computer science and cybersecurity double major, but now mm -hmm. I'm a business information systems management with a minor in computer science. Okay. Long story short, the math got too complex and, and I can't calculus to save my life. <laughs> um, Same. I'm sure I could help, but anyway, um, our professor was trying to teach us that our operating systems professor, shout out to Tom Devine. If he hears this, miss you, man. Uh, so, uh, he was having us do this project where he was making us learn, uh, why the cryptocurrency miners were using graphics cards to mine Ethereum, Bitcoin, all the coins. Remember that craze? I guess yeah. for, it was like a little bit ago. Um, you couldn't buy graphics cards for anything, right? Like it, it was, it, everything oh, they was were sold out. outrageously it, it priced too. Yeah. But, um, uh, he was trying to teach us why graphics cards were so sought after. And he was basically, he had us write a program. He said, you could either a write your own like shell, like make, we can make our own version of like DOS. Right. Or you could do something with graphics cards. I was the only person in my entire class that was like, huh, I want to write a GPU minor program. Right. So that's what <laughs> I did. And it, it showed us that uh, it showed us why graphics cards are better because they split up the workload and up to thousands of cores and bring it back together as opposed to a CPU that's only able to do it sequentially and, and one at a time. So it, it was a really cool lesson. But um, it was the program that I wrote for my final project was a program that encrypted and decrypted data. Um, and so whenever it whenever it encrypts the data it gives you a key a cipher okay so the thing how this goes is i'm really weird when it comes to my naming conventions of how i keep track of the versions of my programs as i work on them i use roman numerals so i was on version nine of this program and for whatever reason version nine was the weirdest and glitchiest one out of all of them by the time the whole project was done i had like 10 versions but version nine was the weirdest one right mm -hmm. so what version nine did was is sometimes it would solve the problem and give you the answer. No problem. As intended, it was the correct answer. You know, other times it would solve the problem, but differently. And it would still give you, it would solve the problem, but differently and give you the same answer. Other times it would be like, I don't even know how to solve this. What the heck is this crash? Huh. And I'm like, it's the same as problem I just gave you. Like you solved it like two different <laughs> ways and you don't know what, you know, so I, I've always, me being a big fan of uh, sci uh, science fiction and stuff, I always kind of was like, oh, my God, I accidentally created an AI that's going to take over the world. I made Skynet. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, it's running on a graphics card. Every single time I run this program, my graphics card spins up. My computer over here sounds like it's going to, like, take off like a jet every single yeah. time I run it. Because it's just working so hard, like, you know, calculating all this stuff. Um, so uh, I thought it was funny. And, and eventually when I fixed that that issue, right, um, 
I, I always make my programs speak. So they speak, they tell you what it is they're, they're doing. Like It's like, instead of like a text prompt that just shows you like what it's doing, I, I mm-hmm. like to have it say something. Also, it was uh, extra bonus points for making it look more flashy by having it uh, speak and, you know, <laughs> do all kinds of other stuff. So what was crazy was all the other past programs would call themselves Cypher 1, Cypher 2, Cypher 3, like as the subsequent versions, right? For whatever reason, and I have yet to figure this out, I still have the code, and I still to this day cannot understand why. For whatever reason, version 9 of my Cypher program kept calling itself Cypherix. And I don't know why it was doing this. The IX at the end for the Roman numeral of 9, right? Yeah. Mixed with Cypher, for some reason, kept making it Cypherix. And I was like, whoa, okay. I have this concept of this like AI in my head. I have this name. This is kind of a cool thing I'm going to hang on to. So I kind of hung on to that for a while. And then at first I wanted to just call myself Cypher, uh, C-Y-P-H-E-R, and then not Cypher 9 is what I wanted to call myself. I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of a cool name, right? Because I, for the longest time, man, I was making music and stuff under my name. And, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't, you know, my name is pretty generic, like, Logan Davis, you know, it's like I, I, you Google me and like there's like a bajillion some <laughs> yeah. other Logan Davises in the world, right? I have like mm. the most common first name and the most common last name, right? So, yeah. But when you Google Cypherix, there's only one Cypherix. And I was like, that's this is it. But um, I had this dream one time and, and it was a weird, weird dream. I don't usually dream this kind of stuff, right? But this one dream I had where I woke up, I woke up and and I woke up in the dream, right? Like, I was looking down, right? And my hands, man, they were like like robot hands, right? And I, and I just, I remember that that picture in my head, right? And I and I woke up and I'm like, this is this is all, like, chaining together, like, way too, like, freakily. <laughs> this is working out, right? So I was like, robot or AI that makes music calls itself Cypherix, and it's a glitchy AI that kind of struggles to speak and struggles to... It, it, and when you look inside of its head, and that's why like the helmet does all these like glitchy visuals and stuff because it's it, it's a damaged AI. And there's a whole story behind that, a whole backstory I've written to kind of explain why it looks the way it looks, it sounds the way it sounds, and I, I've explained in detail every little little with this little backstory. I'm yeah. gonna give you guys a snippet. It's pretty cool. But um, I kind of adopted that whole like robot AI persona thing, and I just kind of rolled that ever since because I thought it was a pretty cool concept. It kind of fits me because in middle school and stuff, you know, kids pick on you and things like that. They go and uh, I got called a robot multiple times and I was like, you know what? Kind of turn it around on them, right? You know, yeah. to take it, take the robot names they would call me and flip it around on them and, and go for that. So kind of kind of came back full circle. See, people call well, me Boner in high school, so I can't really flip that around and <laughs> that'd be a little weird. Because that sounds like a superhero origin story, like perfectly. Is it? Is Cypherix evil or is he good? Because you could be an evil villain, or you could like become a superhero, like Spider-Man style. Like you just gave a whole comic book worth of knowledge there. And here's Cypherix. Is he good or bad? So the origin story that I wrote for this character, because like when I had this dream, I was like, I have this like huge spark of creativity. I got over there, dude. I just started writing. I wrote like a 20 page like origin story of this whole like universe. And I'm just like, this is like like aside from music, right? Like I thought this was a pretty awesome idea. 
But the answer to your question, man, uh, I've kind of always thought of Cypherix as kind of a good guy, neutral kind of thing. Because how, in the story, how the Cypherix character was created was through, like, corporate greed and it actually was an accident on how it was created and everything else like that. But basically how the story goes, right, is it's set in, like, it's set in, like, the future kind of thing. So, like, 2045-ish or so or something like that, right? Like, I, 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 like, I'm a huge fan of, like, the kind of, like, dystopian cyberpunk kind of themes and stuff like mm-hmm. video games and things like that like those kind of movies and stuff you know um blade runner very heavy blade runner vibes with this whole thing kind of but yeah. uh um it's the story is kind of set in like 2040 or so 2045 ish or so i've yet to come up with a name for this for this I, I, I know it, I know it exists and i know it's a video game company but i call it super evil mega corporation thing is what i'm kind of always a placeholder <laughs> name for now. Um, but this company, imagine is like your Amazon, your Facebook, whatever, like your huge like corporation that's just only in the, uh, in the, in the field to just make money. That's their, that's their whole profit, right? Mm. That's their whole, whole thing. So, um, they're over here trying to create the world's first, like fully, the world's first fully sentient, self-aware AI. And they want to shove it into your phone. They basically like, like what it makes Siri, but like a thousand times better and smarter, right? Mm. That's what this company's trying to do, right? So this company, they're like, it's impossible. We can't make this. We don't have anything to go off of. We've never done this before. Well, this company is also the leading developer and the leading tech company in like the world or so, right? And and they've created this virtual reality helmet kind of thing, right? That is gone and it, it, it fully control like it, it takes your full thoughts and actions and kind of puts you into the game like when you put that helmet on and you press go bam you're in whatever game world you are it fully intercepts every thing in your brain right mm-hmm. so what what the company was doing was and then kind of like uh, this whole story i kind of played into some like themes of today right what they're doing with your data behind your back kind of thing right so they uh they're taking your data your your brain waves, your your the signals in your brain, right? Your data, and they're using that to figure out how to make this AI, how to make this basically super Siri, right? Kind of for the, for their own good. So, and a lot of these people, a lot of these users aren't aware of it, right? Well, eventually they find this one dude, right? And I know it's kind of a weird parallel, and I kind of wrote it that way, but like they find this one dude who's big music guy into tech and video games and stuff i kind of like was writing it as me but like it's kind of like i was this character right yeah so they uh they go and they were like guys we found the the exact 100 percent thing this is a perfect template for us to use let's use this right well everyone's like no we can't do this it's morally it's 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 unmoral and we can't use his his brain waves and things like that to kind of reference this ai well what ends up happening is they went and they when they copied they took a sample of his brain waves and they copied it. They basically downloaded his mind from the VR headset uh, to their servers and they were making it. But what they didn't know is they inadvertently killed this person because like the matrix says, the mind cannot live without a body. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. The The body body cannot cannot... live without a mind. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you, you, they, they didn't cop. They didn't, uh, they didn't copy and paste it. They cut and paste it. Right. So it's gone. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
so of course no one really knew this person like yeah he was kind of a, a local he was kind of a local music writer and kind of people knew who he was but like nothing was crazy with that right so fast forward like maybe two or three months or gosh, probably a while maybe like a year or so later or so um i'm kind of like giving like the rough like the shortened version of the story yeah. um but uh they made this ai and they rolled out the software update and everyone's like oh cool this is really cool it actually understands me whatever they put like several software locks on this thing and as this ai interacts more and more with humans it starts to see things it starts to to understand the people that's helping and it's just it's processing billions of billions of responses a day right and eventually it starts to kind of be like starts to wonder what what am i what is this what what am i doing here right and the company's like we got to shut it down we got to shut it down it's becoming self-aware it's becoming too self-aware of itself we can't handle this it's gonna it's gonna figure out who it is or what it was and it's going to it's gonna attack and of course everyone's scared of you know the saying goes you're scared of what you don't understand or people fear what they don't understand yeah I wrote this AI character to not be mean, but like it eventually it learns of what it was. It learns like who it was and everything else because it, this dude, I've yet to name him. This dude had social media profiles and was active. Like you could find his profiles on the internet. Right. And eventually he finds himself. He's like, wait a second, that's me. And then before he, before they uh, get a second, they cut it out of the internet completely. They completely, cut it and this thing's over here like trying to figure out like oh my god i gotta get out of here i gotta get out of here right they're gonna delete me they're gonna shut me down i gotta get out of here so what it does is over here trying to search everywhere it can for a new location to move itself not a lot of data you know an ai is a pretty big thing right so what it does is it goes and it copies itself to a new location now like i said this is set in kind of a dystopian reality so automations at an all-time high people are pretty mad because they're losing their jobs and stuff to robots and things like that you know so people are like protesting and bombing some of the buildings and the factories and things like that of where these robots are made and uh he copies himself the ai copies itself to this unknown location it has no idea where it's at but it knows it's on the outskirts of the, of the city that i've yet to name i call it metropolis just as a placeholder name but like eventually it copies itself and it it doesn't get itself fully copied. It copied itself 97% of the way, or 98% of the, of the way. Kind of a Easter egg to my birth date, 98. So kind mm -hmm. of a Easter egg there. Anyway, yeah. um, so uh, uh, when the AI wakes up, of course, because it didn't copy, it didn't copy the file all the way. It didn't copy itself all the way over. 98% of it made its way over. That other 2% is gone, corrupted, missing, whatever. Right? That's how the AI got corrupted. You try to run a program that's corrupted, dude, it's going to be all freaky and glitchy and things like that, right? So yeah. when it copied itself to its new location, it didn't. It thought it copied itself to another computer. But reality, it, it copied itself to a damaged Android that's in this one factory that was bombed and, and destroyed from protests and whatever. So it kind of falls back to the whole like dream I told you I had where like this character, this robot's like waking up and it sees its, it sees its hands and it sees it's all damaged and things like that because it had a building fall on it man like the building collapsed and stuff because it was bombed and things like that you know what i mean so uh and like i said it, it was trying to copy itself as much as it could but not everything made it there so this robot wakes up and has no idea of 
what it was or who it is. It basically lost its memories, but it's alive and it's out there. It just doesn't find its memories until later on in the story that will be told through music. So huh. be kind of a cool little thing. And the robot eventually will kind of start to realize and want to and will start to make music and stuff because it was copied from a musician's mind. So it starts to kind of play around and things like that. And that's kind of like as far as the story kind of got when I wrote it. And I thought this is kind of a good like little origin story. But it's like you were saying, man, a theme I want to play on eventually is like a it wants to come back for revenge. It wants to kind of avenge its death because it was killed unwillingly. And I don't know, just it was it's a whole kind of thing. It can go in any direction, really. Um, haven't gotten that far with it, but I mean, it's kind of a, I think it's a cool story that I'd like to tell with art and music and a whole bunch of other things like that. Have you thought about um, doing like, cause I'm listening to you tell this and I can kind of visualize almost like a comic book as well as like a series of music videos that start from like the beginning <clears throat> and work clear to like, you know, to the end of the story, almost like your story with your music but in like a music video form in like four or five, six minute segments. Have you thought about Absolutely. doing anything like that? Um, I've thought about possibly at some point in time, maybe doing like an indie film kind of thing, like maybe tell it through film, but like, I don't want to like, see, there's a lot, like I said, I like you're saying with the comic book because you can draw anything you want. However, yeah. CGI is pretty difficult. I don't want to like make like the next Sharknado and then it like destroys <laughs> <laughs> the whole you know what i mean yeah or something i mean like i i feel like the story is there not to toot my own horn i feel like the story is pretty good mm -hmm. but like cgi especially nowadays when you're having to compete with like the avengers and whatnot dude like cgi nowadays makes or breaks your movie and it's kind of oh, yeah. sad like i'm not over here i'm not over here trying to like make the next avengers have you seen like the movie uh i am mother it's on netflix uh-uh no no, that movie is a super low budget movie, but damn it, man, they make it work. Like they have this dude, they have this person in this like full like robot outfit get up thing for this whole movie. And it, it, it works like the suit. I think they spent like five thousand dollars on the whole outfit, but like they 3D printed like the helmet that the thing the dude wears. They 3D, they did all this stuff, right? Check it out. It's, it's called I Am Mother. It's like set in this kind of like futuristic dystopian kind of thing where like humans are extinct and there's like one remaining and it, it's like a really, really cool movie. Um, yeah. I can't think of another movie either. Excuse me. I can't think of another movie either that, uh, I know what it is. I just can't think of the name of it. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was called, uh, it was a web series on YouTube. I think it was just called drone. I think drone. it's like this like cop. It's like a cop robot kind of thing. It's like the first generation. It puts you in the mind of Chappie. But yeah. like way like, like the story is way different. Right. But this uh, this robot has like evidence in its memory that this like corrupt police force is trying to like take down this robot. And the creator of the the creator, the guy who designed all these robots is like trying to like save this robot and very, very simple robot. But like it was a pretty cool. That was a pretty cool concept. Again, super low budget web series. But dude, they made it work. And yeah. it was just like a super awesome web series mm -hmm. check this out i am mother yeah. and and i think the other one's called drone or droid i think i forget the name of it yeah. it was a pretty good web series yeah so i think from what you're saying is that you should start off by doing a comic book and then grow in your music and then eventually once you get picked up by a label or something where they can fund a high budget music video 
then you should put it in music video form. Because, like, I I would like it sounds really cool, like the whole story. And whenever you actually finish the story, I want to hear the rest of it. We'll have you back on to to finish the rest of the story because I'm I'm into it. You could make your own soundtrack too, which inspired you in the first place. Yep. From a movie. That's that's what I'm saying, man. It's kind of crazy because this whole thing's coming full circle, right? Like Daft Punk, they they did the whole they did a a movie called Interstellar Five 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 Five, I think, or something. It's like the secret story of the the story of the secret solar system or something. However, the fives were S's in this instance, right? Um. Anyway, they uh. They did the, the Daft Punk's album Discovery. I don't know if you guys have heard it. Very awesome mm. album. If you haven't heard of it, uh, you should listen to it. It's pretty good. Um, those of you listening to should take a listen to it too. It's pretty cool. Um, they did a movie. Well, well, they did they did a movie after the soundtrack, or, or the soundtrack was made with the movie. I'm not sure, quite sure the order of which it was done. But the album Discovery is actually the score, soundtrack, whatever you want to call it, for this Interstellar five 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 movie. And it's basically like a visual that goes with the Discovery album. It's actually pretty cool. Um, something that I, like I said, it kind of, I'm taking inspiration from, but, but not realizing I am, I guess, because I never realized that until, like, I started kind of writing this whole story. I'm like, wait a second. Like, I'm taking bits and pieces of, like, some of my favorite artists and kind of, like, what if I made something like that? What if, what would it look like for me? Or how could I adapt it to fit my narrative and, and things like that, you know? Yeah. But, um film score i absolutely love nowadays i love film scores uh the uh the movie interstellar actually oh my uh, god that movie yeah, is so good god it's so good film score is amazing oh yeah hans zimmer excellent freaking composer man i was gonna bring him up i don't know if you've seen it but I, and i forget what it's called but they're like the online classes and he gives an online class that you can take and you you, you spend so much and it's like a year you get it for like a year and you can just yeah, go through the class, class. yeah Masterclass. Yeah. Dead Mouse has one. Armin Van Buren has another one. I have oh, both wow. of their masterclasses. Hans Zimmer, I watched it too. Excellent stuff. Yeah. Hans Zimmer has probably the first soundtrack that I ever listened to. It was for it was for the Dark Knight, right? Uh-huh. That's what I say. He did the Dark Knight. And he's one of the first people that after I left the movie, I went and looked up who did the music. Because that the music for that movie was great. So that that's kind of cool that you mentioned him. I, I love his work. Like his work is is really awesome, in my opinion. Uh, he, he's pretty up there. Like I said, he's he's probably one of, if not my only, like like film score composer that like I would just throw up his thing on my on my Spotify and just I'll play it in the house. Like I don't even have to watch a movie. I just will listen, listen to, that, to that film score. Aside yeah. from Daft Punk's Tron Legacy, but like that's if I'm talking, I want full orchestral. Like I will full up pull on. Hans Zimmer's one of his work, Dark Knight. Sometimes I play, but most of the time it's the Interstellar soundtrack. It's probably my favorite. There's nothing. There's not one part of that movie score, film-wise, that's not amazing. I love that. Like it's just so good. It's so good. The cool thing about like Masterclass, uh, the Masterclass stuff, is that it's like it's very much, it's very much like a web class mixed with an interview like the artist mm. tells you from their own personal views or the or the or the teacher in this instance because i guess now masterclass does they do cooking with gordon ramsay which is by the way a pretty good course too huh. <laughs> um I, I i have i have the the life not lifetime thing but like it's the 
I pay a certain membership and I have access to all the courses so I can oh, browse nice. them as they is what I have because oh. I like to just look at other things. But like I did buy and pay for the Dead Mouse Masterclass when it came out at first because that was the only one that was related to music production. And I watched it. And I'm like, this is this is good, but this is like really, really basic. And I was kind of upset. Not not the I was kind of like disappointed, I guess, by it because it not gonna lie, it was a good course. I like it. I respect Dead Mouse a lot. But um, it was you can tell the audience. You could tell because the Dead Mouse knows his stuff. I know he knows what he's doing. But like you could tell the people from Masterclass was like, hey, try to dumb this down. Try to make this basic for people yeah. who've never done this before. I'm like, okay, that's fair. And even on Twitter, Dead Mouse was like. I kind of feel like I should hit up Masterclass again and do like an advanced course. And I'm just like, you absolutely should. Because <laughs> yeah. I've been playing with this stuff for a while. I'd like to kind of learn more than just beats, you know, and, and simple layers of, of chords and stuff, which, like I said, everyone needs to know a little bit. Everyone needs to know a little bit of music theory if you want to get into writing electronic music, but for any music for that matter. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, the Armin Van Buren Masterclass was kind of Masterclass's answer to that so the Armin van buren masterclass was kind of it was more advanced from the beginning which is good it kind of built itself up which was also nice too because it showed him using logic dead mouse uses ableton okay so yeah. looking at all the ableton stuff yeah i was kind of like uh i don't really know what this is but i know what he's talking about i just don't know how to apply it to logic well Armin van buren's over here showing and Armin van buren actually was going back and forth between logic and ableton so it was kind of cool that the two showing pretty both big, yeah, yeah he uses logic for like his productions, but he uses Ableton for his live productions or something like that, where he chops up and edits tracks, I guess. But it was, it was cool. And I don't think there's been another electronic music focused masterclass since then. But the only, the second one, I guess is kind of music oriented is the Hans Zimmer one. I haven't seen any other ones. I haven't been on masterclass for a while. Mm. Cause I try to, I try to sit down. I try to, I try to like take in the information. I don't like, I don't watch it like a Netflix series. I don't binge the whole thing because like I, follow along with it and i do the little worksheets that come with it i try to like actually like learn something from it you know yeah. i have not lie i've binged a couple just you know just for laughs but i mean honestly who hasn't but yeah <laughs> just bored wanting background noise i'm gonna turn on one of the inspirations for one of my favorite artists or something <laughs> i did that with but, um uh, i forget i forget what it was called or what they do like what the series is called but they'll sit down with the producer and he'll w- he'll like work through like a song that he's uh, that he's produced or an album that he's produced. And I did it with, um, I forget the guy's name. Crap. I forget his name, but it was with uh, angels and airwaves, the adventure. And it was like hours long. And I just sat there and it was just awesome to watch like somebody else do it. I forget what it's called. Let me see if I can figure it out. But Get that? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I, and what you're saying sounds familiar. Like I've seen yeah. other people do that. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen it though. What you're describing. Let's see. It's pretty cool though. There's a lot of pretty cool stuff on the internet. You can find uh, your artists and stuff. Like like I, for the longest time, I thought that making electronic music was this like black box, black magic thing that like everyone was so tight lipped about. And honestly, like like my tip to anyone who's like wanting to learn how to do this kind of stuff, dude, just go in and try it. Just just do your research. Just type in like music making stuff like you'll find it. Some of my friends I know started an FL studio and now they're playing with Ableton and now they're selling more stuff than me. Yeah, you can do it. They can do it. It's not it's not impossible. 
it's got to have a work ethic to it. Yeah, like you said, one of your inspirations, Dead Mouse, uses the same software that you do for some of his stuff. Probably 20, 30 years ago, that wasn't really accessible to people at home trying to make music. But now everybody has access to just kind of play around and do it themselves. As as he says in his masterclass, it was uh, it, 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 this is why you can have a kid make a dance hit on a laptop because yeah. there's it's uh, so accessible. Like he makes a point like to an extent, like these music making programs kind of make the tune for you to an extent. I mean, you got you got you got to have to know you have to know some basic music theory and some basic things to kind of understand how to how to write a song. But like. The, these programs, their workflows and stuff are like super intuitive, I guess, enough to where you don't really have to to really fuddle around with them that much. You know, they kind of back then, like you were saying, man, like they 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 probably were very, very hard to run and, and use and access. Like I said, like he 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 mentions uh, messing around with his uh, Atari Amiga or something like that a while ago his first stuff and he kind of dug the Amiga out of storage in a live stream one time. It was real funny to watch. You learned a lot, by the way, watching your favorite artists played their tunes live. He, he'll, he, Dead Mouse, and I don't think Armin does, but I know Dead Mouse for sure. He live streams himself, uh, writing tunes on Twitch, which is huh. really, really awesome because you get, like you see the whole start to finish. He wrote, he wrote the entire track. Um, oh boy. What, what was it called? I know the name of it. I, I don't know the name of it. I know how it goes in my head. Um, I think it was Phantoms Can't Hang. I think it was the track that he wrote from start to finish on there. Um, oh, boy, I, I have to find it later. I don't know the name of it, but I know how it goes in my head. Problem. This is a problem. The problem my friends and I were talking about this the other day. The problem with electronic music is when you're hearing it out and about, you can't go into Google and you're like, hey, Google, what's the name of that track that had this cool synth breakdown? You know what I mean? Because there's no <laughs> words. You can't like type in the lyrics. Sometimes they don't have lyrics. Sometimes they do, and, and and sometimes some electronic music is that they use the same type of sounds. Freaking uh, Shazam doesn't pick up any of it at all. Shazam's over here linking me to things on iTunes, and I'm just like, what is this? <laughs> this is no work year what I thought it was. And then the song goes away, and oh, it's lost forever. Yeah, it was um, Nail the Mix. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's a series. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, they'll sit down with whoever mixed the song, and they'll go through their process of mixing and what they do. And it was done by Tom Lord Algae. I don't know if you know who that is, but um, not familiar. No, he did um, Mbop by Hanson. He was the one who mixed that. And in the uh, the video, he was telling us how his whole studio and everything was actually. Um, paid for from the royalties of that song. So it was actually pretty cool. <clears throat> I dropped dropped connection there for a yeah. second. I knew I knew that was gonna happen. No, I knew right. that was gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, your face was like you, you, you looked really like uh like you were really into what I was saying, which is the first <laughs> time it's ever happened. <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> no, um, it wouldn't but. be West Virginia podcast without some kind of glitch. Yeah, right. It wouldn't be a West Virginia podcast without someone's internet dropping out. Thanks, Frontier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Josiah and I live so far out of like town that we have to use mobile hotspots for our internet. 
That's how bad. Ouch. That's, yeah, that's how bad West Virginia internet is. Like they stopped running high speed internet about less than a quarter of a mile away from our house. And Dang, you want to talk about a blue ball incident? Like my my the the place where I live right now is uh, it's near a housing development, right? So we're like, we're kind of like the housing development's like up on this hill, right? And we're kind of like down here. We're not like, I could walk to the housing development, but it's like, it's it's a distance. Like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it's about a football field away or something or so like that. You yeah. know, it's not terribly far, but it's within walking distance, right? So I got my hopes up because CityNet was running their fiber optic lines through the neighborhood. And I thought, oh, cool. Eventually it'll hit my house and then I can... I can have the full gigabit up and down upload Mm -hmm. speed. I can live stream all the time. I don't have to stream to my fans at like 480p, 30 frames per second (laughs) on Twitch. And they're like, I can't read your screen. I'm like, I'm sorry. I want you to see me. I want to see. I want you guys to see me making this track. But all you're seeing is just pixelated dots moving all over (laughs) the screen because you can't see. It's like, so I don't stream anymore. And fans ask me like, how can we stop streaming? Like, did we make you mad? I'm like, no, you didn't make me mad. Frontier Communications made me mad. <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep streaming and doing this to you guys because they're like, well, can you make the sound sound good? I'm like, if I turn the sound up any higher, I'm going to drop frames even more. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking 28 kilobit per second audio. It sounds like garbage. Yeah. Can't really hear the whole track. It's sad. But um, anyway, back to the original point. They were installing fiber optic. And I pulled up their fiber optic map to see where they're at. And they were there's a fiber optic line in front of my house. And I thought, oh, cool. I can call them up and they can patch me in and, and it'll be great. Right. So I called them up and they're like, yeah, there's a fiber optic line in front of your house, but you're not a business. I'm like, so what about residential lines? Oh, we don't have that taken care of until like another year or so from now. I'm like, <laughs> really? The housing development that's above me has residential fiber optic. I'm a football field away from the housing development. You guys can't install that, really? You should get yourself a business license for your music (laughs) and then just do it. Like, it's an in-home business. You got to do it. (laughs) I I, I live with my grandmother right now currently Mm -hmm. uh, because it's a shorter distance from from, uh, here to college is why. I, I go home every other weekend to see my actual family back in Doddridge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'm at. I'm at my grandma's right now. Yeah. But um, I told him like, "Hey, grandma, do you uh, do you care if I take the spare bedroom and start my internet startup out of there?" <laughs> so, so so we can have fiber optic internet, so you can have your full your full Netflix and full yeah. uh, full quality Netflix there. And she's yeah. like, "No, I don't. I'm not. I'm not NASA called. They want their crap back." I'm like, oh, "All right, <laughs> sorry. Uh, all right." So, so it's funny. Yeah. So before we get wrapped up, is there was there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to touch on? Um, not really. I mean, I, I, the biggest the biggest thing I guess I really want to say, like like to this all, is uh, you 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 guys know her as uh, shout out to to Kayla Katana, DJ yeah. Katana. Yeah. Uh, honestly, had it not been for her and I meeting at like the dorm at uh, at Fairmont State, uh, I probably wouldn't be doing the crap that i'm doing to the scale that i am like it's just she kind of gave me that motivation to like release stuff and start making stuff more and start like because like like originally like i was i was real big on just making the music shoving it in my hard drive and never letting anyone else listen to it because that was my that was my thing like i i have a hidden soundcloud somewhere that i don't even know where it's at just full of my stuff that i posted on like tumblr and all kinds of other craziness because like there's some people who enjoyed it not gonna lie but like 
I wasn't trying to impress anybody with it. I was just trying to just, I, I just made it, you know, yeah. and, I, and I felt bad, but like to an extent, like you get a little bit, you get a little bit of a stage, right? Of course you, like, so you being a musician as well, there's some tracks that you've probably written that, <laughs> you, that you're just like, this is nice, but I don't want anyone else to listen to it because I don't know how it actually sounds. Cause like you kind of, it's hard to take the goggles off. Right. Cause yeah. sometimes I've had that happen. where like something I've made. I thought it was amazing. And other people listen to it. Like, no, it's actually really, really bad. And, vice versa yeah. we're like i hate this track it's hot garbage i hate it and everyone's like don't delete it it sounds amazing i'm like but i hate it yeah those are typically so, the ones that are for me anyway those are the ones that are really good the ones that i'm like this is too basic it's shitty and everybody's like oh that's really good everyone <laughs> keeps telling me that too everyone keeps saying like you're way too hard on yourself i'm like mm. i know i am <laughs> i don't know how to make the little jiminy cricket up here to shut up and, <laughs> yeah and, Daniel just has really bad taste in music, so that's what <laughs> okay. he doesn't know what's good. Just because I don't <laughs> listen to what uh, Stone Temple Pilots or whatever you listen to, I don't even know who it is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like I said, like like shout out to her and stuff for kind of like and and introducing me to like the the rest of my I guess I call them second family. Like it was it was pretty awesome. Like just meeting them and stuff. Like the first, never forget this. The first time. I kind of like I, I met her and I kind of knew like what she did. And I kind of I just like she told me she DJ and I thought, oh, cool. You know, like I just me being the little I just not big on social stuff as I was. I mean, now I'm way better. I'm way out of my shell than what I was then. But like she she invited me to go see her play at main stage in Morgantown there. Rest in peace, mm-hmm. main stage. Um, uh, she invited me to go out to see her play there. And I was like holy crap, there's like this underground electronic music thing that I didn't know existed in Morgantown. Where where was this? Yeah. You know, and introduced me to everyone else and stuff that she knew. And eventually uh, she invited me to go with her to this, uh, her and her, all of her other friends to this thing in Morgantown. Uh, well, not really in Morgantown, but uh, on the uh, Marvin's Mountaintop called Transformus. Yeah. You guys ever heard of that? I've heard of it, yeah. She invited me, she invited me to go to that and I thought, music festival okay and she's like no 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 don't you dare say that. don't you say those two words it's not a music festival it's a burn i'm like oh there, there's a difference what's that she's like you've heard of burning man i'm like no what's burning man she's like oh honey you have a lot to learn <laughs> so i go over there and I'm, like i'm seeing all this stuff i'm seeing all this craziness and i'm just like a wide-eyed and and kayla and her friends and she they're just like logan you okay i'm just like I, I'm sorry. This is just sensory overload. Like I just can't. There's just all this. Like it's awesome. I'm not complaining. But like there's all this. There's a dude over here spitting fire. There's a dude over here uh, juggling and stuff. There's a guy over here playing us on a stage that's on fire. There's just like all this <laughs> craziness over here, right? It was real, real, real cool. And first night I got there, actually, fun fact. First, first day of that music festival was my uh, my 21st birthday. So what better oh, nice. way to spend your 21st than that of burn, right? Oh my yeah. god, it was awesome absolutely amazing um spent that night too playing my first show as cyphrix like my first set as cyphrix there played trance and stuff that was trance i don't know if uh, for you guys i forgot to mention trance is kind of my genre of choice i do dabble in like orchestral and kind of just but playing around right like Mm -hmm. it's kind of i hate to put myself in a box but I've noticed that, like, if you let me go on my own, I kind of will make trance on my own. But, uh, yeah, no, it was an awesome show. And, and like I said, shout out to, to Kayla and Katana and 
Tommy Gill's uh, proper there, and the whole Just Comes Presents gang too. They they were the they were the they were the ones that uh, let me play my first club show at one two three mm-hmm. for the Winter Main show. That was awesome. I still have flashbacks to that show. That was that was my favorite show. Yeah. I think I've done. I mean, my only, but my my only club show, probably one of my favorite shows ever. John uh, Subaquatic there. It was dude. He he knows his stuff with with visuals. If you ever need a guy that does visuals and lighting, John from Subaquatic is your guy. Yeah, um, I was at that one two three show. You probably saw me play then, right? Maybe. Um, Were you at I, that I one? May have. I showed up at like one thirty or something. It was late. I showed up late, late. But, oh, I was. I was a door. I was a door opener, which I, I don't have a problem with. It was a fun show, regardless. But I mean, I was a door opener. <laughs> I forget why I was. I was unable to make it until after midnight. But yeah, I, we know the Just Come Presents crew. They're family. Yeah, they yeah. are. They're pretty close with them too. They're pretty good, good people. Yeah. But I don't know. Like after ever since I kind of met Kayla and the rest of the the group, there kind of got me out of my shell and kind of got me to. You know what? Like, dude, like the stuff you make isn't that bad. Why don't you actually try to like do something with it? And it kind of, kind of snowballed into what it is here. I just finished building this my studio up a little bit more. Got actual like proper equipment in here because before it was all done on a laptop. Now I got a gaming computer that's hacked to run Mac OS that <laughs> does all my stuff. Hackintosh. Um, like I said, real big computer nerd. I love playing with hardware. Yeah. Um, MacBook too, but it's it's just nice having like an actual space to actually yeah. do stuff in. Yeah. So uh, uh, tell tell everybody where they can find you at online, like your Instagram, Facebook, where you can, they can find your music. Um, you can find me on Spotify. Type by uh, typing in Cypherix, uh P S Y P H E R I X. Um, forgot to touch on that, by the way. The 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 spelling of the name Cypherix, I switched it around enough to where it could uh, it could uh, still be called Cypherix by the computer, but like it didn't look so obvious that it was Cypher Nine kind of thing. So I yeah. switched it around. Um, so like I said, it, it kind of the spelling's a little bit weird. Um, but uh, if you go to Cypherix.com, it forwards you to a like link tree looking kind of page that has all of the links and stuff to everything. Of course, I, it's at Cypherix on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Cypherix. One of the nice things is the name that I picked is the same consistent name across everything. Yeah. So <laughs> nine times out of 10, if you think I'm on it, type whatever, whatever.com slash Cypherix or at Cypherix. And most of the time I'm there. Yeah. Um, Patreon too, by the way, I'm trying to get that sorted up. I'm not like struggling or anything. I just, I got some content that I want to, share like behind the scenes and and patreon only live streams i want to do where like i'm showing the start to finish from a track and just kind of like kind of more personal kind of stuff you know i I like to do kind of get to know the fans and know the people a little bit more as as that because yeah yeah i go on stage as a faceless robot sometimes but like i like to i like to kind of meet the people that that enjoy what i create you know yeah um And we'll link all of, of your descriptions or ugh, we'll link all of your sites in the description too. So people can just click on those and uh, be easier for them. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Never, never really had an interview like this either before. It was yeah. kind of interesting there. Yeah, um, 
a long time ago, uh, Cecily actually referred me to you guys, and it just took me this long to get back to you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, with we, we stopped all everything once all this crap hit. Like I said I wasn't going to mention it. I didn't say it. All this crap um, yeah. hit. So we... Uh, you said we weren't going to talk about your music. Well, shut up. Oh. <laughs> That's fire. Hey, man. I actually I saw actually our really- music video is on Facebook has like over 6,500 views. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Pretty well. like yeah. If, uh, if you get a second, uh, look me up on YouTube there. Uh, I, ever since all this crap happened, I kind of <laughs> had to get creative and, uh, figure out a way of doing shows and stuff for people because there for a while, uh, some, some people, I mean, Alchemist, Subtly Loud, uh, uh, tribe out of Pittsburgh, like all these different groups, like these music collectives were uh, hitting me up and uh, wanted me to play shows. So I'm just like, uh, I don't have a space for t- my turntables. I don't have a space for any of this. So on YouTube, I do these kind of like you're inside the mind of Cypheric. So like you're seeing like the robot boot up and it's loading screens and like its whole heads up display kind of thing. You're, like you're seeing like inside of this robot's head. Yeah. Right. It's kind of a cool like little show. You just kind of give those a watch if you should if you could those are pretty i think those are pretty cool i i I try to not it started out as me only doing music but now it's more of me kind of doing digital art because i do all my own artwork i do my own music i do my own cover art i do my own visuals i do i try to do as much as i can but like i everyone needs help yeah not perfect like like, I, i will reach out to people if i need help but like it's just there's just a certain level of satisfaction that i get of like i've I can hand you this and you'd be like, I made this, you know what I mean? Yeah. I You're just, a creator, no matter music or whatever, you just like to create. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. just Mom, subscribe to your teacher. YouTube. I mean, you're a confirmed super evil genius that's already made an <laughs> AI that's going to take over the world. So, you heard that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you for stopping by. I just subscribed to your YouTube, and I'll, I'll link this in the uh, description as well so people can check that out too. Appreciate it. Hope to hear from you guys again there soon once yeah. I finish all this stuff. Yeah, man. Whenever you uh, – we'll, we'll have you back on uh, sometime later on down the road, catch up. We, t- we try to get everybody back on eventually once we get through all of our backlog of people that we had to cancel. So. Yeah, I'm working on some more tunes and stuff. I, know I haven't released a track since – january 2019 and it's been a year i haven't released anything else and hmm. i've been working on stuff don't get me wrong but i just it's just the craziness with all of this crap and everything <laughs> yeah. else having to work to keep myself afloat for college and everything else like i kind of had to put it on the back burner but i still work, write stuff so yeah those of you guys that are fans of mine that are still listening to this i haven't forgot still working on stuff just busy times yeah all right man so. we, we appreciate it Appreciate you guys for inviting me on. Yeah, man.
Thank you.